Hey, before we jump into today's episode, I want to ask you, what is your story? How is God moving in your life beyond Sundays? Because we'd love to hear from you. You can share your story at beltway.org slash share your story. And who knows, maybe we get to have you on the next episode. Well, welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. I'm your host, Brett Stewart, and today my co-host is one of my best friends. I was a bridesman in her wedding, and she was a groom's lady. In mine, we have Lonnie Hogue. Hey, 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 everybody. Lonnie, how are you? You know, I'm real good. Good. I, it's always been my dream to host a podcast. Yeah? So I feel like I'm just living it up in this living moment. It up. That's awesome. Well, we're definitely going to have you more and more uh, for this podcast because- That would be awesome. You're awesome and- I am. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, so Lonnie's, uh, Lonnie's pregnant right now. How's that journey going? It's good. Yeah. I have a sprained rib, but other than that, we're fine. Hey, I mean, you know- She's just strong, man. Strong. She's kicking me away. Strong. She's kind of like her mama, I guess. Well, you know, we don't raise weak women in this house. There you go. <laughs> All right. Can't wait to meet her. <laughs> uh, so today we have a wonderful uh, conversation with Jana Sockwell. Uh, we're excited for you to hear about it. Honestly, we wish that we could have recorded for like two more hours. Yeah. When you started to land the plane, I was literally mad at you. I know. I know. I could see it in your face. And I was like, please don't, you know, don't hurt me. I, have I don't to... hide my emotions well. No, she doesn't. <laughs> not, not in the least bit whatsoever. But uh, it was just a powerful conversation um, on just a journey of fostering and adoption. Here at Beltway Park Church, uh, where our, our church home is, we have a 2030 vision um, that our elders have put together that by the year 2030, part of that vision is that every child in the Abilene and surrounding areas, every child in the foster care system would have a home, a Christian home mm -hmm. to be in. And a big part of that emphasis is also adoption, but part of the journey of fostering is to take in a child or children to love and serve them and show them Jesus while also praying and believing for the restoration of the biological family. Yeah. And so uh, if you want more information on that, maybe... Maybe you're interested in being a foster parent. Maybe you maybe you don't necessarily feel the call to being a foster parent, but you want to help those who are. You can go to beltway.org slash foster, and there's so many different ways that you can just help these families or become one of these families. But it is a great episode that we have for you today. So Lonnie, if you're ready, let's uh, let's bring Jana in. Let's dive on in. All right, today we have Jana Sockwell with us. Am I saying that right? Sockwell, is you it? Are. It's like sock in a well. Sock I like it. well. Yeah. So I mean, is it Sockwell, Sockwill? We get lots soak of well, Stockwell. So. Stockwell. And we say it's a sock in a well. I feel like okay. it's pretty straightforward, Sockwell. But yeah. my last name, Hogue, I think is straightforward too. Sure. And we get Hog you. All hog the time. you. Oh gosh. I like maybe you should legally change that to Lonnie Hog you. I mean, when you read Vogue magazine, do you do you think Vogue uh, you? Vogue you? Like that's not a thing. Vogue well, rogue. I, I do want to be honest. I've never once read Vogue magazine. So Yeah, I haven't either, to be honest. Okay. But, yeah. but I like that that was your, but it's a popular <laughs> that word. Was your illustration. <laughs> right. 
That's Sock fine. well. Well, today we have Jana with us. Um, Jana, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, how long have you been in Abilene or at Beltway, and, and let's just get to know you a little bit more. Nice. Well, my name is Jana. Um, it's like Hannah with a J, so it's spelt a little funky. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been in Abilene since November of 2012. Okay. So we moved here when our second child was eight months old. And the next month we found out we were pregnant with number three. Wow. And so we really needed to be in Abilene. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We started Beltway probably July or August of 2014. Okay. And have been here since. So for the past seven years, um, since September of 14, right after that, I have worked in some capacity at Beltway. So I started out as a CDC teacher a couple days a week. Our babies were little and we all needed out of the house. (laughs) And it's just kind of grown from there. So now I'm here full time as one of the directors of early childhood and our CDC program. That's awesome. Amazing. That's awesome. Uh, Speaking of being pregnant, Lonnie, I can't help but notice that... uh, you're, that I'm large? <laughs> uh, that there's life growing inside of you is what I was going to say. <laughs> but yeah, it's real fun. And if you hear heavy breathing, <laughs> heavy breathing, it's uh-huh. uh, me yeah. for sure. <laughs> also, we had to walk up uh, a staircase of 28 steps to get to where we're recording today. Yeah, so, I haven't walked 28 steps in six months. So yeah, so we might be huffing and puffing uh, <laughs> on that, but. Uh, Lonnie, it's great to have you with us as well. One of the reasons that we wanted Jana to come on is to talk to us uh, about a very unique and specific journey that that God called her and her husband on and and really her entire family. And so, uh, Jana, if you just kind of want to start at that journey, what it is, and, and we'll just go from there and ask questions and see what the Lord wants to do. Sure. So my journey in foster care started when I was about seven. Um, I didn't really know exactly what foster care was or adoption at seven, but I think I had heard the words I had seen growing up in a tiny town that there are kids living in places that they probably should not be living. It just wasn't safe in one aspect or another. And that kind of caught my attention on where they could go to have a safe home. Um, so since I was seven, I said I was going to foster to adopt without really knowing what that journey looked like. Um, And of course, it's seven, you know, and that not being in your dynamic or any background, you just look a little crazy. Um, And then fast forward, um, I had my daughter, Emma, when I was newly 21. I came home from the hospital on my 21st birthday. Wow. Wow. And so her and I grew up together. And when she was five years old, I met my husband and we had gone on our first date And I, you know, our first date to lunch ended up going through lunch and dinner, telling each other about our lives. And I had mentioned that I was going to foster and adopt someday, still walking through this journey. And he jokingly laughed and said, if that is a game changer or a deal breaker, I can take you home because I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And I said, well, I don't even know if I like you yet. So we can finish lunch. It'll be fine. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) So we finished lunch, went into dinner, same restaurant, three waitstaff later, and our journey was forever turned from that day. Wow. So So by the end of it, 
I mean, was he even open to it or was he just so mesmerized by you yeah, that he yeah. was like, I'll do whatever you ask. Oh, he was still a hard no, mm-hmm. but I knew that I was very persuasive. So yeah. now that persuasion took another seven years later. Right. So <laughs> it was still always a topic of conversation. Um, we started our journey together very quickly. And so six months from that day, we were engaged. Six mm-hmm. months later, we were married and very quickly after that, pregnant with our first baby together. Yeah. And so we had always talked about it and talked about it. And um, after we had our third baby, Tegan, we decided, okay, that was a lot of babies really fast. I think we're done. Yes. <laughs> um, so we were done, still talking, still chatting. And it actually, the foster care journey in real life started over a car seat. I was ordering our youngest baby a car seat. She was growing out of her infant carrier. Um, and went to order one, showed him what I was ordering, and it was purple. And mm-hmm. he jokingly said at a softball practice for our oldest girl, if you're going to foster all these babies you want to foster, do you think you need to get one more gender neutral? Wow. As a joke. So I deleted purple and ordered Hunter's Orange, one of his favorite colors, because yeah. my girl <sighs> can sit in any color. That's funny. <laughs> and a woman whose daughter was on our softball team who we knew from her being there but not knew her, um, overheard us and said, did you know that I actually work for a foster care agency? Oh, my oh, wow. word. That I is so cool. I had no idea. So he rolled his eyes and laughed and I said, he thinks this was a joke, but I just ordered orange. And that that's where it started. Wow. And so she said, just come to an interest meeting. He said, we'll go to the interest meeting, but we're not signing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. So how how like soon into the journey, how long into the journey did Jeremy shift? Was it pretty immediate or was it this seeing was a kid? Or? The interest meeting got his wheels turning. There's different avenues mm-hmm. inside of foster care. And so one of the avenues um, was called, oh gosh, I can't even remember the name of it yet, but I will in a minute and I'll yell it out. But it's basically when a mother goes into labor, she's in the hospital Mm. and she chooses to place her baby for adoption, but she has not picked a family yet. Mm. There is an inner, in the middle home that this baby goes to for a couple days or a couple weeks until the birth mom picks a family. All the paperwork is done, and then it's a transition, Mm. transitional home. So then the baby then goes to the adoptive family. So Mm -hmm. it's not technically foster care, but it is a service that our agency provides. Okay. And he said, I can do that, but I'm not going to do foster care through the state. Hmm. Okay. Okay, sure. So that's where we started. Mm -hmm. Um, It ended up being the same paperwork, the same background checks, all of the same things as foster care. Mm Mm-hmm. To get done. Mm -hmm. So typically they said it should take three to six months total to get your foster care license fully ready to go. Um, It took us 13 months. Wow. We would fill out paperwork and then one of us would panic. Yeah. And we'd put it on hold and then we'd start it again and then we'd put it on hold back and forth for 13 months. Wow. So we went through that, got all the paperwork done in that anticipation of... They really only need these types of families for two to three times a year. 
Yeah. Based on that. So mm-hmm. we weren't expecting a lot of calls. Um, Jeremy worked out of town, so we moved here, but he still worked in Midland. And I called him. I said, hey, we got a call for a baby, but it's not transitional care. Mm. It is a newborn baby from the hospital, two days old, needs a home. So he took a big sigh and said, okay, if you're ready for this. I said, I've been ready since I was seven. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Are you? Um, and he said, you remember, this is you. You will now have four kids, one of them being a newborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So in walks this two-day-old baby boy straight from the NIC unit into our home. And that wow. completely changed the trajectory of our world and our lives mm-hmm. and what we were doing. Yeah. That's awesome. I want to get to that more in a minute, but talk about that kind of going back and forth between finishing all the paperwork and and being hesitant. Because I know a lot of people, regardless of if it's being foster parents or maybe it's stepping out in faith for a new job or moving to a new place or maybe answering something that God has for them, a lot of people feel that back and forth hesitation. One moment feeling pretty confident, but then the next moment just like, second guessing, what am I doing? Is this going to change or ruin my life, mm-hmm. et cetera? So I guess, how did you how did you seek the Lord in that? How did you hear Him? And then how did you and Jeremy ultimately find that, that unity and that peace to, all right, we're moving forward in this? What I loved about that journey in that 13 months is I am very much, when I have the idea, I do it right then and I finish it right then. Mm. I don't halfway do anything yes if a house is being painted the whole house gets painted in that 24 hours the job is going to be done i need to hire you out to paint my house (laughs) the job is going to be done and it was so sweet of the lord to not put that anxiety or that Mm -hmm. that push and drive to just get it done and annoyance when it wasn't Mm -hmm. it was very much so that he put that piece of You've known this since you were a girl. Yeah. It's going to happen. You know this and I know this. And so my prayer was, all right, change his heart or mine. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that he was like, oh, gosh, we're not doing this. It was the Lord working with him to bring us together and say, okay, pray through this. You know, and there were definitely times I'm like, oh, gosh, are we really equipped to take care of someone else's kids? Like, we're raising three and I think we're doing an okay job, but they're still little. So yeah, it was just that back and forth of, are we doing this for us or doing this for the Lord? Mm-hmm. Is this really what he's asked us to do? Are we equipped for this? I mean, yeah. can we really raise someone else's kids for a little while? And just the struggle of foster care. What if I get too attached? That's mm-hmm. always yeah. the, yeah. I couldn't do that. We hear that all the time. I can't do what you do because I'd get too attached. Mm-hmm. And our answer is always, if you're not attached, they're not getting what they need. Wow. Right. You have to love them as if they're yours for as long as you possibly can, because that's what they need. Yeah. They need yeah. to know that heart. Yeah. Well, and the flip worthy. side is they don't, they don't ever receive that. So it's like, okay, you can't handle that. But this child then is left without the love of a mother and a father. Yes. Because you're uncomfortable or because you think your heart's going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's going to hurt. It is going to hurt. But that's what the Lord's for. Like he's there in that hurt, in that hard place. And even as you talk about that, I mean, I think like that, it sounds so 
gospel. I mean, that is like God's heart. There's a sacrificial love and even a hurt and a pain that he went through. He went through, Correct. you know, Jesus went through on the cross, but even the heart of God, like grieving and knowing what he put his son through, like there's a sacrificial love. It's gonna hurt, but it's it's for the sake of love and life for another. And so just mm-hmm. even hearing you talk about that, I mean, it's so gospel. And, and I would encourage anyone listening to this that is considering being a foster parent and and has that fear or that hesitation, you know, you you just kind of have to accept that it is going to hurt, but one, God is with you in that place and in that moment, but also what he's going to do through the way, uh, what he's going to do through how you love and how you serve whatever kid is brought into your home. It is going to be life-changing for that kid, but also for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I love that you mentioned that um, about Jesus sacrificing. A couple years ago, our oldest son is now nine and a half, mm-hmm. and he might have been seven. Mm-hmm. And he was asked by some friends, family that was in our house that day. We were talking about foster care and our journey through it. Mm-hmm. And I think we had just, it was right after we had. Um, we're able to send a sibling set that we had home after six months. Okay. And we were talking about our license still being open. So you didn't have any We didn't have any babies yet. We you. had just sent ours, um, but we weren't closing our license. So the mm-hmm. question to Jason was, do you still want to do foster care? Aren't you tired of sacrificing and not having your own room? And Jason's look on his face, I was kind of offended, which is hard. I don't usually get offended. <laughs> And Jason was so good, and he looked straight at her and said, I'm, I'm not sacrificing. Jesus sacrificed, and he died. I'm not dying. I'm just sharing a room with my sister. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. There, oh, you know, He's not seeing it as a sacrifice. His entire face said, you can read it, sacrifice is death. Like, yeah. I'm not dying. I'm just yeah. sharing a room with my sister. Wow. And it was so... I was like internally high fiving him. I was about to say, what a like a <laughs> proud parent yeah. moment. I mean, I'm not a parent yet. Lonnie's about to be, uh, but I mean, like, I can only imagine just that that joy, but also I, just the joy of the Lord that that comes over you when when you hear your son, you know, grasping a very gospel like right. thought, and, yes. and it's not one that you had to convince him of the answer or whatever. Like no. it was already deep within him. Like, yes. well, what are, like we were called to this. What are we, what are we going to do? We? Like, why would we stop? I'm just yeah. sharing a room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's almost like we can, as a society, elevate uh, ma- materialistic things or comforts. And mm-hmm. it's just cool that your son could very easily look at that and be like, that's ridiculous. Like I yeah. am yes. loving my neighbor. I'm loving the people around me. And that trumps any sort of comfort that, the world or American culture tells me that I need because I'm going to sacrifice in quote sacrifice because he didn't even see it as that right for this fellow child that needs my parents yeah. that needs wow. their love. Yeah. I think that is super neat and how we should be raising all of our kids. Like who mm-hmm. cares about the stuff, you know, who cares about the random things that don't really matter, right. but can we love the person in front of us? Yeah. What a gift to, for him to know that. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's, I mean, that's one way that you've seen the Lord work in your family, particularly uh, your kids in that way. Tell us a little bit of how 
you've seen the Lord move or show up um, for the kids that you bring into the home, but also just for you and Jeremy also? Sure. What I didn't know walking into foster care, so our very first baby, um, I was actually terrified to meet his birth parents Mm -hmm. for visitation because all that I could picture in my head was this awful person, this monster that could do any of the things, anything that goes on. How could you do that to a baby? How could you not think of your baby first? And Mm -hmm. all I pictured was this monster. So the first three weeks I was terrified Mm -hmm. and I would do all things different so that I didn't have to meet them and the baby would still get to go to visitation. And on like week four, I was not able, they were not able to accommodate me anymore. (laughs) And I showed up terrified and it was one of those just Jesus shine down reveal. They aren't a monster. They're broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're broken people. And they're at the point where, The world has told them that they're terrible, that they're not worth it, that how could you do this? All the things that I had said about them, the world is telling them, Mm -hmm. and they've hit rock bottom. And some of them have found that rock bottom has a basement. And so it was just that overwhelming sensation of the Lord saying, just love them through it. Mm -hmm. Just love them. It's not for you to tell them how terrible they are at all the things they've done. Just love them. Yeah. And so that really changed our outlook of doing foster care for the babies to doing foster care for the families. Yeah. So we just want to be the middle man, the stepping stone for not only the kids. They have a safe home. They have food. They have a bed. They have a school. Mm -hmm. They have all of the things that we think they need, but also... That we get to see their parents every week and remind them yeah. whose they are and wow. Wow. what they're they're for and their yeah. purpose in life. I, I love that mindset shift of not just fostering for the kid, but the family. Because if if in that intense and vulnerable of a place, if you as the foster parents can't love and serve and bless the family, I mean, who will in that place of, of brokenness. And we, we have to fit, we're all broken. Um, you know, there, there's no situation that, that we should look at and judge. Um, but just the fact that, that y'all are so uniquely positioned in such a place in people's lives to where you can love them in such a way that they hopefully have an idea of just the restoration and the redemption that that God the Father has mm-hmm. through the love of Jesus and through salvation in Jesus. I mean, that's that's such a powerful mind mind change. Yeah, and what a cool thing to get to learn and experience and walk through in that you're kind of getting to operate like the Lord and yeah. that you have one kid that you love that is hurting because of the other you know, and we're all God's children, and He loves all of us, equally mm-hmm. loves us the same. And so you're sitting here loving the parents, even though they've hurt this child that you love and that you've grown affectionate towards. And so you're having to balance this like, oh, I'm mad at you for what you did, but also mm-hmm. I understand the Father's love for you, and in that place, mm-hmm. I can love everybody. Yeah. And like, that is intense. That is something that we don't 
we don't operate in a lot of the times yeah. of like truly loving both sides of the story, understanding it, seeing it, and just being completely just over the top, like surrendering to the moment and whatever the Lord wants to do yes. in yeah. both lives or both sets of lives. Yeah. And I even think too, even with, with when God's love approaches us, it doesn't call out in us everything that we've done wrong. It doesn't shame us. Shame is not from right. God. Shame is from Satan. It's from the enemy. But the but the love of God meets us in our brokenness and his his goal, his desire is restoration and redemption. And I just think of all the people that Jesus encountered in the Gospels. And Mm -hmm. I mean, he could have listed out their sins and what they did all day long, but really he just met them where they were. He picked them up. He spoke love into them. And then he also called them to go and sin no more. But it was because of his love and encountering them uh, that, that they realized, like, I'm not defined by my circumstances. There is a hope that is beyond me. There's a hope that's beyond people that really can heal and renew my life and, and what I've done. So that that's yeah. really awesome. So Jana, um, I know that in general, well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in general, the goal of foster care is to reunite the child with the parent. Correct. And so there are times where you've done that, obviously, because you've fostered a lot of children, and I want to know the final number at some point. Do you yeah. you have the number? We have fostered a total of seven kids. Mm-hmm. Wow. But our agency also does different types of things. So, yeah. again, a mom goes into the hospital to have sure. a baby. She may have her own children. She's Mm -hmm. not in trouble. She has children she's raising, but she knows that the baby she has, she can't care for adequately. Mm. But because she's in the care of our agency, we then will take her her children that she has, her older kids, and keep them while she goes into the hospital to have a baby, to place them with their adoption Mm -hmm. family. So we may Mm -hmm. have them... A week or so, depending yeah. on the doctor releasing her, things of that nature. So total, mm-hmm. we've had 14 kids in our home Wow! over the last uh, four and a half years. Wow. Um, but seven fosters. Yeah. True fosters. Through the state. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. So yeah. you've had 14 children in your home, and you have gotten to adopt some of them, correct? We have. We've adopted one. Awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so that... Talk me through the process of, okay, this didn't work out, so we get to keep this baby forever, this yes. child forever. Um, what goes through your mind in the final, like, was it is it a quick, like, absolutely we're doing this? Or is it a, or had you in your heart, because you've done this so many times, kind of gotten used to, they're going to be reunited. And mm. so it, yes. this isn't permanent. Well, the one baby that we got to adopt was actually our very first foster our very first two-day-old baby straight from the NIC unit um things had transpired and his parents were unfortunately were not going to be around for a good chunk of that time um and so the judge had made the final decision to not prolong our case until they were able to be back around Mm. um so at nine months old um when our boy was nine months old they terminated rights for biological parents. Um, and then we were able to start the journey of adoption. Now, in Texas, where some states are similar, but others are complete opposite, 
Texas is a very much blood state. So they will go down any bloodline they right. can find. Mm. Um, whether they've ever been involved with a child, knew the child was there, anything of that nature. Hmm. So they went down the lines to see, is there any blood relation that this baby could go to? Um, and they had went down all the avenues, didn't find any. So they told us that we were then clear to petition for adoption. We were mm -hmm. able to petition. So we petitioned. Our petition was granted because he had lived with us the whole time. Right. Um, that one just felt like there was not a question. Yeah. Yeah. We were the only people he had ever known. There was not bloodline that yeah. could take him. And so it was just a absolute yes. Now, it was still nerve-wracking because in that any time a blood relation popped up or changed their mind or and this one just went so smooth yeah. that there was not ever really a question. Yeah. It just happened. So when he yeah. was 18 months old, we got to adopt him. Cool. And he turned 4 in May. So we've had wow. him Wow. for so long and he's so funny and so 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 in tune with the Lord. I love it. But he's like spunky in tune. Nice. Um he was born with a muscle disorder that caused him to do 18 months of physical therapy wow. to work on his muscles. So he couldn't crawl, he couldn't walk, he couldn't roll over. Um, so he picked up talking. Yeah. And the doctor said, you're either, they're either going to walk early or talk early, huh. typically. And he was the fourth baby. So he so had he to had, hurry yes. mm -hmm. or speak his mind. Yes. <laughs> um, and he speaks his mind. Spunky. But he was maybe, oh... It was right after adoption. So he was not two yet, but very clearly talking. Worship is in our house, in our car all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Glorious Day is, the I think, the official name of it. But in our house mm -hmm. is, I ran out of that grave. Yeah. <laughs> and he always tells Alexa to play it. So yeah. he was maybe maybe 20 months old. He yeah. said, Mama, Jesus gave me that song he told me it was mine. Wow. Wow. So there's <laughs> a whole new like <laughs> listening to the song yeah. because yeah. it's talking about being in the darkness, being in this oh, grave. And I ran out of this grave. And just what he went through yes. in the womb. Wow. Just, it was hard. It was traumatic. His sweet yeah. mama was in a really hard place and mm -hmm. trying to finagle everything. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have a really good, shouldn't have had a really good chance of surviving yeah. all of the things. Yeah. And so, you know, it talks about being an orphan and yes. all of these things. And there was a literal nine-month time that he was an orphan. His yeah. rights were terminated, but he wasn't quite ours. And, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, that song is just completely different coming Seriously. from the aspect wow. of this baby who is very adamant that Jesus gave him that song. And yeah. he talks about, and when I was in heaven with Jesus and he gave me that song and we went for a walk and we walked down our street and I said, that one's going to be my house. Yeah. And Jesus brought me to your door. Oh my gosh. Like it's oh just my goodness. <laughs> his perception yeah. of the kingdom side of his yeah. adoption is yes. so different That's than the so earthly beautiful. side. But he just has this kingdom knowledge of Jesus and I picked picked our house. Oh my and goodness. Jesus said, will you be this baby's mama forever? Wow. I'm a wreck <laughs> right now. That's so, <laughs> it's just, I love that. It's amazing to see his spunk for the Lord. And yeah. like, yeah. he just, he knows everything. He mm -hmm. just knows. I know, mom. I know. Wow. So he just knows exactly how he got here. And yeah. when he was with Jesus, they did this and this. And he talks about being in heaven. And our other boy is very 
mellow and mm-hmm. calm and he is doing his first baptism in a couple weeks. Yeah. And like wow. just all he's the laid back, we call him Pastor Jace. <laughs> but Nolan's like the evangelistic yeah. on fire. Oh, I'm gonna scream so it in your face. Oh I love this it. is exactly what happened and you will not tell me otherwise. That's so cool. That Man, is I know that we could spend so much more time talking about just all the ways that you've seen God work and move. Um, we need to wrap up, but tell us or really speak to the person who is maybe listening to this that has thought about fostering um, or maybe the one who has heard about it but doesn't really know where they're like, what would you say to them? I know you already spoke to the um, to the the difficulty and the fear of of getting hurt and getting attached, but but what else would you say to them? How would you encourage them or how would you just speak to that journey of them deciding, is this what the Lord has me to to move forward in? Absolutely. So I think if I could say anything, it's really listen to the Lord. I have audibly heard the Lord's voice through mm-hmm. this journey in one way or another. And Lonnie doesn't know, but I actually, the very first time I ever heard the Lord's voice was after she prayed over me. Hmm. Years ago, we had got a call for two little boys. They were 10 months and 20 months old. We had never taken sibling sets. It was our next baby after our adoption. We had a 21 month old boy and here comes the 10 and 20 month. And I was like, couldn't breathe. Yeah, and I caught I Lonnie in the hallway. I said, "Lonnie, I think I'm going to throw up. Like, I just need you to pray over me. I don't yeah. know what we're supposed to do here." And she did. And I walked down the hall, and it was the clearest yes I'd ever heard. I literally turned around because I thought someone was in the hallway. Wow. No one was there. Wow. And so I called my husband and I said, "All right, the Lord said yes. Like, literally just told me yes in our hallway, and it was not a speaker. Wow. Wow. And he said, "Where are they going to sleep? I don't know." Where are they going to go to school? I don't know. How are we going to clothe them and feed them? I don't know. Yeah. But the Lord said, yes, Mm -hmm. we have to do that. Yeah. So listen to the Lord. He's going to talk you through it. He's going to show you, you may, excuse me, flip open your Bible and okay, there he is again. There he is again. He's going to show you. Yeah. And Find a group of people who are willing to stand in the fire with you. The Lord's already there. Now you need people to pray with you about it, pray for you, pray over you. What does this look like? It's going to be the hardest blessing you've ever been given. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lord could speak to you through not scripture or his voice. My husband and I plan to to foster and adopt, and it's because we watched a movie and uh, not a Christian movie. But instant family. Oh, yes. I literally, I don't think I've ever been so moved. Yes. Ever. And um, so we, we walked out of there and I looked at him and I said, we're, we're adopting. Like, this, yeah. is, this is it. And he was like, yep. I mean, it yeah. was just both of us just had this moment where it was like, we, we see that the child is in need. Like, we, we yes. saw it in the movie and we're like, we can provide that. We don't know yeah. anything about parenting, obviously. We haven't yeah. even started. But we're like, one day... Yes. This will be our story. That movie because is, they need us. is real life without yeah. following a yeah. foster family. Yes. Yeah. But just knowing that your pain, my pain, is worth mm. every ounce of love that baby can feel yeah. and the mustard seed that's planted. Yeah. has nothing to do with me, but the love of Jesus coming through. We fail every single day. 
we might not talk kindly about the birth family because we're really mad. Yeah. And then we ask for forgiveness and remember that that's not our job. Yeah. Our job is just to love them and we could be annoyed or upset, but we're going to love them through it. Yeah. Man, that's that's a good way to end it right there. Um, Jana, thank you so much for sharing just a little bit of your story. And I know that that you and, and Jeremy probably have a, a willingness to talk to anyone who has Absolutely. questions. Um, and so we can definitely make that happen. But thank you so much for being with us, taking us on this journey. Thank and you. Uh, we look forward to seeing what the Lord's going to do through your family. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast and this episode in particular with Jana. We could have gone on a long time hearing the ways that God is moving in and through her family and through this ministry of foster care. If you want to get some more information on how to become a foster parent or maybe to support someone who is a foster parent, you can go to beltway.org slash foster. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to this podcast so that you can stay up to date with all of the episodes that we release. And if there's anything you need, please reach out to us. You can find our contact info in the show notes. You can go to beltway.org or you can follow us on social media. We hope you have a great week. Be blessed. And remember, God is moving in your life beyond Sundays.